I'll show them to you. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Deplorable Nation. I'm your host, Deplorable Janet. We have a very exciting show for you today and one that I'm super excited to be on the topic of today. So I have two returning guests, Miss Whitney Fox. Welcome back to the show. How are you, my dear? I'm wonderful. Thanks for having me back. Love talking with you. You are uh, the perfect person to do a show about this with. So um, I hope that I get very much enlightened by this conversation because I'm excited about it. And welcome back, Miss Ellie. How are you, beautiful? I'm good. I am just along for the ride. I am equally hoping to get some insight from Whitney because I see all these animals and I'm like, I wonder. I wonder what they mean. And of course you can Google, but I feel like Whitney, you have some personal experience and connections that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I th- that's why I'm so like super excited about this show because we are going to be talking today about um, spirit animals and spirit totems and um, you know, like, significance of animals in dreams and and things like that. So, Miss Whitney, I'm going to ask you, for people who don't know, what is a spirit animal? Uh, well, there's there's a big answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, um, I mean, from my perspective, I guess it's a big answer uh, that needs a little bit of laying out of, you know, some basics. And so, if anybody that has never heard of this, which everybody, not everybody, but I I presume that a large portion of your audience has at least heard the phrase. Um, So I think there is some uh, disbelief that needs to be suspended temporarily while you, uh, you know, sort of absorb the possibility that we are energetic beings, uh, animals are energetic beings, bugs, plants, even the air itself, energetic beings, the earth itself. Um, So, and why would animals come around to advocate for our betterment? Why would anything? So if you can suspend disbelief for long enough to, to understand that, that we vibrate at a certain frequency, Mm -hmm. there's various things we need for healing and for, uh, for, for our own presence in the realm to bring love, light, grace, healing, forgiveness, all of those things to this realm. That's in, from my perspective, that's, it's part of all of our job. We, we live in a a dualistic reality here with light and dark and um, everything in between. So Mm -hmm. um, when we hear spirit animal, typically we'll often think of, like Native American cultures, you know, and mm-hmm. that's if you Google, you know, uh, what what's the frog totem mean, something like that, <clears throat> you're very likely going to get a breakdown of sorts, um, sort of through that lineage and that uh, iconography. And, and um, I find those very helpful, just the regular top of the list, Google search, you read through those. And what those typically do is they will take uh, um maybe even cliche, but uh, it's essentially the mythology is based on symbolism. So let's use the frog, for example. So when you're looking at um, the attributes of the frog, you think about their physical 
uh, presentation. So they're amphibious, um, they're uh, nocturnal mostly, they're uh, uh, sometimes kind of slimy, sometimes uh, seen as very wise. Uh, they are uh, very often seen as a healing spirit, as all of them healing from different um, angles. But if you, let's say you are living, it might present itself to point out a way that you are living or that you need to integrate into your life, which mm -hmm. would be maybe you need to leap from one thought to another, one job to another, one relationship to another. Maybe that is what why the frog spirit would present itself to you so that you can think about the attributes of the frog. Um, mm -hmm. They also go dormant, which is interesting. You know, if there's a drought, frogs can they they've got the ability to slow down and go dormant. So um so when you when you if you Google, you know, uh, I had a dream about a frog or I saw a frog in a in a, uh, you know, a surprising place or it presented itself or I keep seeing frogs on everything. I saw a frog movie, had a dream. I had a, got an envelope with a frog on it. What's the frog mean? Then you need to take it into your or you'd be wise to take it into your own life's mythology. So mm -hmm. if I if I had a frog come into my life. It might be a little different than if uh, Ellie had or you had that had a, had the frog energy come in because our lives are different. We're doing different things and our priorities are different and our our need for healing is different or at different places on the wheel and in our lives. So mm -hmm. um, that is the basic breakdown, uh, essentially. So the, the uh, an, um, in shamanism in the physical realm, it's thought that if an animal presents itself in an unusual manner, that is uh, the spirit of the, let's just stay with frogs, the great frog, not frog spirits around you, although that is another possible topic, but the great spirit of the frog. So that, that is, that's where the topic gets very deep and very shamanic. Mm -hmm. uh, why would the great spirit of the frog care about us? Um, it's been my experience through the process of meditation and entheogens that these great spirits they care deeply for us they advocate for the earth and and how we care for it and and care for us mm -hmm. so um i kind of lost my train for a second because i was just going to say something about the frog um anyway i'll come back to it i'll just keep i'll, I'll just keep um rambling <laughs> <laughs> Um, we so don't mind. There. Uh, let me stop and see, uh, get some feedback from you. What, what do you think on that? I tend to agree with that wholeheartedly. And it's funny because the last time that you were on my show, I was telling you that, um, like, I always have dreams that incorporate snakes and uh, spiders. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Okay, well, this is weird. So then I did some more digging and actually the snake is my like Native American spirit animal from my okay. birth. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, that explains why, you know, snake mm -hmm. dreams keep coming up. And, you know, and so I had to dig into like, what is this snake meaning and what is that um, like do for my life? And so uh, looking up like all these animals that because um, like animals are very drawn to me, like every single kind of 
animal, reptile, bird, whatever. Like I, my husband likes to tell me I'm snow white because I'm surrounded constantly. But when I was looking up a lot of the things that appear to me all the time, especially the snake, I thought, man, how similar is my personality to the things that keep appearing to me all the time? Because it's like uh, very calculating with my interactions, which I certainly am. I keep my circle very small. And if you're in it, uh, you're always in it. <laughs> um Immense knowledge of self, which is a hundred thousand percent me. Like I don't have any doubts about who I am, what my purpose is, like none of that. Um, very in tune with your spiritual nature. I certainly am. Uh, the clarity of mind and defined purpose, a hundred percent me. Um, and intimidating to others. And I get that. A lot like people are scared to reach out to me or something because they say I'm intimidating. But people who know me, um, that like couldn't be further. From the truth. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think the the snake um, pretty well sums me up to a T. Uh, there's also um, historically or shamanically speaking, the the. Um, the snake is a healer mm -hmm. and uh well i mean the ama symbol is the caduceus the two snakes right and mm -hmm. that um more esoterically is essentially if you look close it is like the dna double helix and mm -hmm. it's also um if you've ever looked into any sort of kundalini practice the snake is seen as this the energy that that travels up our spine Mm -hmm. So, you know, essentially the earth's energy coming up our spine is symbolized by the snake. And so mm -hmm. what, you know, our Western culture, as it does with a lot of very deep esoteric knowledge, it, it sort of bastardizes it and turns, you know, we think of Harry Potter and the basilisk and snakes are evil and all those things mm -hmm. uh, or, or the garden, <clears throat> you right. know, um, the garden, the snake was just the knowledge was not evil. So mm -hmm. um, that the way that you've described your take on the spirit animal that, that, or totem that uh, was assigned to you. You're blessed to have one assigned or even have the knowledge of that. Although intuitively, mm -hmm. you know, anyway, you know, you would have come to that, you know, it was just a little, um, you know, you got a little home run there when you got the, the information. You're like, see, I knew like why. And it's, it's so weird to me because I have a deep seated fear of snakes mm. um, from a very traumatic incidents in my childhood mm. And it's like my my parents had these really good friends that owned a house on a lake. And so we used to go out there all the time when I was little and they had an outhouse. And so it was kind of like a camp outhouse, you know, one of the big things that had the toilets and the shower and mm -hmm. all that in one. And so I was like, I have to go to the bathroom. And they're like, well, it's, you know, walk across the yards over there and the outhouse and I'm walking there and there's all these snakes in the grass and I get inside the building and it is just covered in snakes. And I was little and I was screaming. I was terrified. And I'm like, you know, help me. There's like all these snakes in here, just screaming bloody murder. And my family were like, well, you got yourself there. Get yourself back out. And I was, and I have been scared of snakes ever since. And so 
I was sitting on the patio one night and I hear something and I look under my chair and there's a snake. And I was like, oh, for the love of Jesus. I just, I do not like snakes. I'm like, oh my Lord. I didn't have anything else, no broom or anything near me. The only thing I had was a fly swatter. And it was a little snake. It was a baby snake. So I took this fly swatter and I'm like trying to scoot it from out from under my chair. Cause I didn't want it to like crawl up my pants leg or anything. So I'm like trying to scoot it just to get it out from under my chair. It gets its head stuck under the garden hose and it's just flipping all over the place. And I keep hearing like God talk to me going, Janet, you got to let that snake go. And I'm like, mm -mm, nope, I don't want to. And it's like, Louder and louder. Janet, you got to let that snake go. And I'm like, mm -mm, nope, no. Mm -mm. And I kept like sitting there and like not doing what I'm being told and whatever. And I finally got up and raised the hose up with the willies up the back of my neck. And I'm like, let that snake go. And then it like completely disappeared. And like all that fear went away. Weirdest thing I've ever experienced. Okay, so uh, as I said before, you know, in shamanism, the, the animal presents itself in the physical in an unusual manner. Mm -hmm. so this checks that box. Very mm -hmm. unusual for a child to go to, you mm -hmm. know, a, a shower bath and then have a place filled with snakes. That doesn't happen to everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, very few people <laughs> have had right. that experience. But as a young child, somewhere in your uh let's call it programming, mm -hmm. you're essentially told to have a fear of snakes. Mm -hmm. So had no one ever had, had there not been that implanted in your um, psyche that they were something to fear, it might've been something of wonderment for you to have these incredible animals come to you in this way and start speaking to you as a young child. Mm -hmm. So the lit what I find very interesting about your experience too, is uh, uh, the little snake, the baby snake, the most un- um, threatening snake that they could possibly present as came to you and God talked to you. Mm -hmm. And essentially what God was talking to you about was your fear, mm -hmm. not necessarily the snake, but your fear. So mm -hmm. if, if th this is a very powerful teacher, so fear is an illusion. You learned that. Right. It brought you that lesson. That is, right. the, that is the, the classic by the book spirit animal in the physical situation. Mm -hmm. so I, I know where I lost my train of thought was there's also for those that, you know, do any sort of third eye work, whether it's deep meditation or, you know, entheogens, psychedelics, anything like that, very common, um, or it's, it's another, um, it's another uh, track to connect with the animals. And mm -hmm. not uncommon, more common for some people than others. And I've done a lot of that work. And the animals, because it, here's where you need to suspend disbelief that the in that that those those places, those shamanic realms that you go to, are as real as they are here. They're just on a different frequency. So mm -hmm. in those, anyone that's done those will tell you that those realms are more real than this realm. So. So to have the spirit animal experiences that I have and that many have in those realms, no one is going to tell me that they're not real. Mm -hmm. When I go back to this place that doesn't even feel as real as those realms, if, if that makes sense. So right. um, 
So in some ways, as a child, uh, this was a bit of a psychedelic experience for you because you were mm -hmm. uh, you were shown uh, uh, the possibilities of how uh, these animal spirits can work to come to teach you. Mm -hmm. So sure, it's a possibility that uh, you might have been bitten by one of these snakes. There's probably a better chance that they were not venomous snakes. They were, you know, they were right. Like, it, it probably it was <clears throat> the fear that had been implanted in your head. And so extrapolating on that lesson, what other programming has happened in any of our lives, but in yours in particular, because we're you, you told you told your story. What mm -hmm. other fear has been, you know, maybe because of that experience is why you're so singular minded and you know yourself so well is because mm -hmm. of the, uh, you know, that powerful lesson that came your way as a very young person to say the fear was all up here um and it's it implanted somewhere by uh in in some way that wasn't yours well or and it's interesting that you said that because um i know exactly where the fear you know being being told to fear snakes came from when we were little of course we didn't live anywhere near the ocean or anything like that and so we would always like go swimming in a lake and there was water moccasins, of course, but all kinds of other snakes and whatever. And so, you know, my parents always used to say, you know, watch out for the snakes swimming in the water because they will bite you and, you know, you can die from that or whatever. But the thing about me is I'm not a fearful person um, per se on much of anything. Like I'm a, I am, I will try anything once whether it's food or, or something I've never done. Um, usually fear doesn't enter my mind except that. And my husband always used to tell me, he's like, that is a very irrational fear because the, the chance of you getting bit by a venomous snake are very small and most snakes will never harm you. Right. Stay away from you. <laughs> Unless they're threatened. Right. <laughs> well, we have rattlesnakes here, too. And and we had a little one on the driveway and I went out and I was standing close to it. I was like, "Whoa, come here, honey. There's a, a rattlesnake out here on the driveway. But that other incident with the snake under my chair had already happened. So I wasn't scared of the rattlesnake, which was okay. weird. Yeah. And so you <clears throat> pretty much left, let go of that mm -hmm. fear. Com like completely. So mm -hmm. if, if uh, letting go of that fear of it, so in a way it was a gift, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Snake brought you a gift, it brought you the fear and it brought you the ability to overcome your fear mm -hmm. and release it, heal from it. That mm -hmm. kind of thing. So um, that's actually how it works. Although mm -hmm. there's many other variables too, because if you dream about something a lot and very, you know, you can, you can, um, overlay the template over your life so mm -hmm. if you healing or you need guidance or you need all of the things that we tend to um be looking for uh or at any given time in our life if you read the animals then they can give you insights yeah and the the thing about the snakes and the dreams they do always seem to appear when like i need emotional healing um because Ellie knows this, but I have had some um, 
horrid traumatic family stuff this year going oh, on. Okay. And so it's been like piling on like one thing after another and it's big stuff. It's not anything small. And so usually I don't remember my dreams, but when I do, it's usually always got a snake, a spider or a cat in it all the time. Yeah. So they for sure are coming at you. You could also see them as, um, you know, regular spirit guides mm -hmm. are just coming through uh with that iconography so that you'll recognize it um so the, the when i said earlier if you can suspend disbelief mm -hmm. if you can comprise of it if you can uh cogitate on it on some level this vibration exists mm -hmm. so and and in our personal lives as we walk through as spiritual beings we are our own shaman so so you if you were in an indigenous culture or even if not if you're just open to the idea that we all are shamans in our own lives which is essentially a healer and someone who is intuitive someone who reads the plants and the animals and the weather and all mm -hmm. those essentially shamanism if you if you take a certain herb tea when you're feeling a certain way you're giving you're you're giving yourself a natural potion and mm -hmm. so it's just we call it something else but if we call it that then in your uh in in your if 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 you were allowed in the western culture it might be you might be drawn to create a snake mask put on a mask, a shamanic mask and say, I'm going to wear the snake today because mm -hmm. this is the energy I'm going to project mm -hmm. uh, or the spider. Um, another creature that we've been taught to fear, but the spider is the weaver. It's the weaver of time. Mm -hmm. So um, if, if with that simple shift in um, perspective, the spider can represent uh, um, creating a new life. I mean, if you've ever watched an orb weaver, that is not a scary creature. That is an amazing creator. They make beautiful webs. In a hurry, too. <laughs> yeah. They, they don't F around. They, they, they get it done. So, mm -hmm. I mean, uh, and it could be if, say, going through this difficult time, you know, the, the power of the snake, the wisdom of the snake, and the creative nature of the spider um, – probably many of your listeners and we all have had cats and all three of those um, energies are very mysterious and have to kind of uh, work beneath the radar. Mm -hmm. And so that intuitively, that's my take is going through what you're going through, which I don't have any idea. I would say because all three of those put together, talk to me about um, very, very wise and um, stealthy creatures that uh, uh, fly beneath the radar. Mm -hmm. You don't have to. You don't have to broadcast anything. Just it, you. You do your. Oh, I've already thing. done a show on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't mean broadcast on a show. I think I mean in the personal relationships, you don't necessarily have to um, disclose. It's so well. weird that those are like uh, the things that popped in pop in my dreams all the time and it's never I don't ever remember dreaming about any other animals it's just always those three there's nothing else there's never a dog or you know anything like that but you know there's tools out there to go and take like a spirit animal quiz yeah and it was so interesting um Ellie and I 
and another friend of ours had this conversation about like what what kind of things we ended up with and I got two but I'm gonna let Ellie go first what were yours so I only got one and that's what I was pulling up at one point mine was the deer and it's interesting because so I, I did the quiz and mine was the deer and then there was a thing where you could tie your birth date to mm -hmm. um, an animal, almost like the Zodiac, but in, in the Native American culture. Right. And that was a woodpecker. But both of those, I was like, parts of them are right, but I feel like they're not, I don't have the same experience as you have with it resonating so deeply. Mm -hmm. And there hasn't quite been one particular totem or animal that I've been like, yes, that I wholeheartedly resonate with that. So what are the, what are the characteristics of those? So it says uh, you and I, you and I share the deer. Yeah. So we deer, deer was highly sensitive, strong intuition, um, power to deal with challenges with grace, uh, Master the art of being both determined and gentle in your approach. Um, ability to be vigilant, move quickly, and trust their instincts. And then the woodpecker, it says, usually the most nurturing of all Native American symbols. The listener, totally empathetic and understanding. Um, they make wonderful parents, friends, and partners. They tend to naturally be frugal, resourceful, and organized. Um very caring, devoted, and romantic, but left to his or her own devices, they can be possessive, angry, jealous, and spiteful. Well, I don't know about the last part with the with the negative traits, but the the positive traits, knowing you like I do, that is you to a T. <laughs> yeah. One thing that I would uh, add to, because yes, for sure, mm. looking up the attributes online or in a book, are helpful, but they're not the whole thing. You know, it's right. important for you to feel into that, uh, that animal, how it directly relates to you. So if there's parts that don't necessarily, it's because this is another person's interpretation based right. on maybe even <clears throat> animal mythology or, you know, uh, history. However, my first thought was how I feel about the woodpecker is the first thing I think about them is they're planning for the future. Mm -hmm. Very good at planning for the future. And mm -hmm. they don't care how much noise they have to make about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's pretty that's much you. Persistent, right? Like, and that, and that's me. I'm very persistent. Like that is you <laughs> pack away and you're going to hide those nuts and you don't care. <laughs> and uh, so in planning for the future, they take care of those around them, take care of themselves in that way and make no apology for that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I had a very uh, powerful ayahuasca experience with the deer. The deer presented itself at a time that was very, very necessary. I was going through some stuff I needed physical healing for. And then it, uh, it, it was such a, well, all of the spirit animal uh, present, uh, presentations that I've had under with the entheogens, um, because you're actually uh, those uh, spirit animals actually enter your physical 
space and you can feel it and you essentially, I'll just tell this story since I started. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time when I had that, I was um, doing a lot of ayahuasca ceremonies and had already experienced uh, uh, specific uh, spirit, the calling in of spirit animal um, ceremonies previous to that. So I was already familiar with how it feels uh, when the animals come because they do come and there's, this is, this is not something out of um, a movie. That's they're very powerful spirits and, and they are, it's not for the faint of heart actually, because you, you get these energies uh, enter your body, your energetic field, and they do their work and you see it and you feel it. And so uh, the the weekend ceremony that uh, the deer presented itself, um, uh, I came home from that ceremony. And at the time I was playing a lot of volleyball, like three nights a week. And I played that Monday night and I had not one, but two people say to me that, you know, going up, just playing, going up to hit or something. And they didn't hear each other, but they both said, gosh, you're, you're playing just like a deer tonight. You know, like, I can't believe you leap like a deer, you know, and I and then the shaman I was working with, you know, uh, he said, well, you know, you've had the deer present itself. So let me know how your diet, what your diet's like this week. And so I didn't want to eat meals. I wanted to graze on nuts and salads. And, you know, it was it was very. And so he said, be careful. So the, the very first presentation in a very powerful manner using the entheogens the wolf came and at the time I needed, uh, I needed some protection from someone that was um, stalking me and, um, you know, I had to get a restraining order and this person was really, uh, it was terrible, but that is why the wolf came and the wolf came and the we the coming back from that ceremony, I was like a wolf. I wanted raw meat and no one was going to F with me. There was no one going to F with me. And my husband was like, whoa, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> um, but, you know, so as I was learning to actually deal with that, the very felt energy of the animals in my life and in my space, doing the work that I invited them to do. So when I said there's different, there's different stratas and realms and deeper levels of working with the animals, um, the, the, those are absolutely true stories. And the entrance of the wolf you know, it's also thought in, in shamanism that you shouldn't share what your power animals are. Um, I share because I feel like the animals have told me to, to share this information. Mm-hmm. So right. I, I, I don't, and I think the, um, it's be, because it might be seen as sort of egotistical or, oh, I'm the wolf. I, and, but to clear that up, I, I, uh, these animals came to me because they had the attributes that I needed in my life at the moment. Mm -hmm. So there has been other times that I've called on the wolf and, uh, for small stuff, big stuff, the wolf is really good about money, (laughs) you know? So, um, there, there's just various things that you can ask them to do like any guide. So if you've, you know, you talk to people that talk to their guides and, oh, I've got a, you know, I've got a Zen master or I've got a Native American chief or what, you know, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. It's the energy that you're calling in. It's that mm-hmm. frequency that you're calling in. And if you can embody that frequency, then you can, you can take a look and, and um, actually feel like you have a team, that you're not alone. This, okay, you could say, this is all in your head, Whitney. Who cares? It still works, mm-hmm. right? 
it still works. So it's the frequency. Um, another ceremony where I was in the deep third eye, shamanic realms, um, there is a, a guide that shows up in various forms. And I've uh, seen this individual uh, many times. It is a, uh, you know, I've seen this individual as a part of me, uh, uh, an extension of me, an extension of my energetic field, my higher self, my whatever, um, whatever you want to call it. I've seen that individual go from his human look to the wolf and back and forth. So, so with that, I feel like this extended portion of my energetic field presents itself to me in that way so that I know the energy with which to disseminate here in the 3D. Mm -hmm. it, it, all that makes sense. I know that was, it's kind of a lot to grasp, especially if, you know, say, you, you know, oh, you just, you go get high on ayahuasca or, oh, it's, you know, a San Pedro ceremony or peyote or any one of those things. That's just um, hallucin hallucinations. Um, I'll assure you it's not, <laughs> you know, so having been there many times, it is not. Those deep shamanic realms are the above when we talk about as above, so below. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you a question about that story. So when you were talking about the deer coming in and then your uh, shaman teacher asking you about your diet, but then he said, be careful. Why did he say be careful? Well, so yes, good questions. Really good questions. So uh, he, I, I was the first one in the group working with the shaman that agreed to do spirit animal work. He brought it up and he said, you know, does anybody have the heart for this? And having always been someone that uh, has been called Snow White, has had the animals attracted to me, I've always read the animals, you know, every time, even way before I even looked, even as a child, mm -hmm. you know, I, 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 was use, I was essentially using the animals for information and appreciating their presence. Mm -hmm. um, just sidebar, just to illustrate that as a little, little girl, I never had dolls. I only had stuffed animals. And, and my parents knew this and knew that I was, I was just an animal. I was an animal person. And what I would do at night, because if I had nightmares and I had lots of night terrors and various things that were, that could be labeled as shamanic awakening. If, if, if we're in a different culture, mm -hmm. what I would do at night is I would place all of the animals around my body. And I believed that those stuffed animals embodied the spirit of that. So I already knew these things without having done the shamanic work or read it in a book or looked up the spirit animal mm -hmm. my whole life, right? And uh, just um, coincidentally, I had this long stuffed snake and I would always go over my, uh, <laughs> um, for protection, right? And so anyway, fast forward, working with this shaman, when he brings it up to the group, he says, you know, is anybody, in, it, how does anybody feel about calling in spirit animals? And I was, I was the first and only person that raised my hand. And he looked me in the eye and he said, are you sure about this? And, you know, I went, I mean, am I? You tell me. You tell me, you know. And uh, he said, okay, well, careful what you ask for, because that was an extremely powerful experience. I think I've told you about it, Ellie, before, but it it was like it was being in the physical presence of a twenty foot tall white wolf, and in, entered my for, my 
energetic field and became a part of me and became a part of my not I'll ne it'll it'll never go away it'll never not be I'll never not know that I'll never not have that energy but it was uh physically taxing it was emotionally taxing and I I kind of checked out for um it took me quite a while to integrate that energy and so um that 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 is the I get guess we could call it the farther extreme of spirit animal work is uh, to suddenly um, go from uh, being able to suspend disbelief to knowing that these things have power and they mm -hmm. can do various jobs. And so uh, with, you know, in the midst of a shamanic practice, I, it's like, I will go deep into it and then I will pull away because the energy is so intense and trying to sort of uh, live, work, love, our family, all those things it's kind of like you sort of got to do one or the other, you know, you got to go hop on a rock with a flute and uh, cast spells and, you know, like, well, so, so I, like I have a knowledge of it and I, I revisit sometimes and, and sometimes I, you know, what, and I, I don't think I'm that uncommon with people who have done any sh shamanic work that try and function in the Western society, you know, with the, with the chaos. However, when I, I do have issues or problems or whatever, these animals that have presented themselves, I, I, I feel that I can send out for jobs because they're here to advocate for me because I allowed them in. Mm -hmm. But it was, a, it was physically hard. So um, like I said, the diet, that, that was, you know, that was part of it. So with the wolf came very wolf-like things. I was very... Um, um, until I could integrate it into my, let's just call it into my energetic field, uh, because it's so foreign. And it, it, there might be somebody out there that might say, and I have actually had someone say, sounds like you were possessed, right? So, um, and I could say, yes, there was, there was a bit of what you might call a possession. However, it, a possession by an energy that was advocating for the betterment of myself and everyone involved mm -hmm. because the animals, they are, they're uh, a snake is not evil. It's a snake's going to snake, you know, scorpion's mm -hmm. going to scorpion, you know, they, they do their things as a part of the general whole of creation, which is infinite. So, which is exactly what they were created to do exactly. in the first place. Same exactly. thing with us. You so know, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. There's one thing you said, Whitney, too, that I wanted <clears throat> to get your insight on. You said um, you had these night terrors as a child. And if you had been in another culture, it would have been seen as a form of like a shamanic awakening. Can you elaborate on that? Like, because I've never heard that before, that like if you have these night terrors as a kid, and I'm very intrigued because I've had night terrors as a kid. Mm -hmm. Same. That's what I've been told. Mm -hmm. So. Right. Could you elaborate on that, please? For sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I had them as a child and then I continued having them until I first, until I start, until I started uh, working with ayahuasca. So, and then I, uh, you know, I, I don't work with the medicine uh, so much anymore, just very, very occasionally. I was working very deeply with it, learned so much, went through, you know, so much with that, which ayahuasca in and of itself is a tool. So there's many, many tools, many tools. So I won't, you know, elaborate too much on that. Just understand that it's not, it's not, not it's not the only way to uh, go into these shamanic realms and understand the other frequencies and the other, um, 
you know, the other dimensions, essentially. So as I started as a child, um, and these would be uh, various things. Spiders were one of them. I had a, you know, an experience as a child, too, where I was essentially sort of programmed um, by my mother to be afraid. Why not? We lived in a place where there was tarantulas and there, you know, she was horrified by them, but mm-hmm. so her fear I carried forward of the spider. So that was sort of part of, until I worked through that fear, some of the, these night terrors, not all of them, some of them would present as giant spiders, chase, you know, they, they would have visual stuff. As I started to uh, grow, you know, mature, it would, these night terrors would be, um, I would have to be stopped sometimes from running out of the house, like, because I also walked and talked in my sleep. And so there was this very, very active nightlife that I was experiencing, and my siblings did not. And so it was just part of the family mythology that, um, uh oh, here she goes again. You know, she's screaming, she's crying, and, mm-hmm. and um, it's not, I never got used to them, but I would come back from this realm and understand that that the realms were different. Sometimes it was just an implantation of abject fear. And so, you know, this, this topic I could extrapolate and expand into like uh, 10 hours of conversation. um, (laughs) There's go for it. I don't care. (laughs) Um, I do think that there is a relationship between a very um, deep and uh, intense UFO encounter I had and then also what I believe was probably an implant. So I don't have any fear about any of those things, though. However, one of the night terrors I had as a much older adult, uh, the terror came, and it was after the remembered uh, encounter. Um, uh, uh, one of the night terrors came. My ex-husband was very good at helping me with the night terrors because we were together for 21 years. He knew he could he could tell my breathing patterns would change. It would wake him up and then I would start whimpering and then it would turn into a full blown, you know, he'd have to catch me at the door so I didn't run out or so he would hold on to me and he would say, it's a dream. It's a dream. It's a dream. And I would come back into this realm and I'd be like, oh, OK, 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 OK. Still feeling like I was absolutely bananas, nuts. What's happening with my brain? Um, but in those realms, I started to be able to navigate what was happening. And that it was around that time, this, this one time where I was coming to from, you know, a a night terror that was just abject horror, just fear. There was nothing necessarily that I could, um, say what it was about. It was just the fear almost like Monsters, Inc., almost like I was being tapped for my louche. And Mm so uh, what I saw around the bed were uh, a bunch of little green lights going around the bed, like in a circle around our bed. And he was in the bed. And so, you know, he was not the one that woke me up. I came to, you know, and I sat up and I was breathing all but hyperventilating. And I was like, g- g- green, green, like that. And he sat up and he's all but hyperna- uh, hyperventilating. And he goes, I saw them too. And he was super normie guy. Like, there's no way. And so it was a bit of an uh, eye-opener for him to see and have terror of what I was experiencing. So mm-hmm. so with that, um, to, to, to I, I just kind of wanted to sort of, fill in 
a little bit of a blank there about how how they kind of would manifest. Sometimes it would just be a presence. Sometimes it would just be darkness. Sometimes it would, uh, I would be in that around that time. I, uh, let's call it within that five years, I started working with out of body experiences and lucid dreaming. And I was really trying to get a hold on what the heck was going on in that nightlife, you know, where at least once a month I would just wake up screaming and scare my kids and everything and scare myself, you know, cause it's, it's a real come down when you have that kind of adrenaline. Mm -hmm. So, um, when I started navigating that space, I started to see that there was, um, a great battle of light and dark that's happening in this 3d realm. And that's what was shown to me. So as a, it, it with that, what I started doing was fighting. I started fighting back and in the dreamscape, I was not born uh, or raised a Christian, but in that dream state, it's dreamscape or nightmare scape or uh, that let's, let's call it that dimension. Cause that kind of describes it a little better. I found that I had a lot of power by you, by invoking the name of Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's where I learned like that whole thing is not a joke either, right. right? You know, and I, you know, I'm not trying to thump a Bible or be Christ is real. And that energy is absolutely powerful. Mm-hmm. And so once I started doing that, then I had control in the realm. So if that's not shamanic, I don't know what is. So it was sure I was victim, 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 until I took my power back in the name of Christ and I became the strong one. And mm-hmm. so it was right through that that the it was as if these night terror beings energy energy i would get sucked into this and then and then it was as i was moving into the time where i was going to start working with the shaman um you know let's just say if time doesn't really exist it was just part of the track part of the plan it was pregame to this deeper shamanic work that i was going to be doing so mm-hmm like if going back to like the original comment, if we were living in an indigenous culture and there's some of the children that are going into the dreamscape and doing battle for the tribe or for the, for the populace, for the people, then of course they're the, it's a shamanic awakening. Of course they're going to go to, and uh, to this child or this person or this adolescent or this adult and say, what, what do you see in the dreams for me? Or how can I heal? And, shaman goes into the dreams or they go in with the plant and the entheogens and they ask the questions and then they come back and they bring it to the people. This is the answer. So, you know, so interesting that, uh, all of, you know, the, the later work, especially with the medicine, I started uh, it in 2014 and, and, you know, I, uh, I worked really pretty solidly with it until about maybe 2019 or so. And then I've dropped off a lot. Um, because I, I don't need it, I guess we could say that. So, uh, interesting that the times that we are living in are s- such evident battles of light and dark. They weren't so much back then, 2014, mm-hmm. you know, those were the salad days. Like we, <laughs> in comparison to like what we're witnessing in our culture now, you know, it was, it was, uh, it w- I think it was some, uh, I know I'm not the only one. I think a lot of people have felt this intuitively, this, this rise in we're, we're, it's coming to crunch time and you got to stick flag and which side, uh, which side you're on. Are you on the side of light or are you on the side of dark? Because, um, you know, 
it's time to go. It's go time. You know? Right. It's like a, it's like a, um, you can definitely feel the, like the demarcation line between the, the, the good and the evil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can. It's real obvious now. And, and a lot of people say that they can pick up like when the energy shifts and, and stuff like that. Cause one day it may be like, something good and people feel that good energy and then the next day they're feeling something dark so question question, did you guys feel a shift last week because i know you're both very intuitive Mm -hmm. somewhere mid to end of last week for me there was a there was a big shift so it was kind of like an earthquake it was kind of like an earthquake uh Mm -hmm. you know uh, good or bad it's kind of like um uh you know, sort of like people will ask me, like, is the trickster good or bad? It just is a agent of change. Mm-hmm. So it, it feels like a change. Be good for some people, bad for others, perhaps. Well, and I noticed last night, too, when I took my dog out um, to go to the bathroom, I was like, oh, it feels like really heavy. Mm-hmm. Like it was and like, yeah, it was humid, but like that's not what I meant, I even came inside and I told my husband, I was like, like a smothering blanket. Yes. I was Mm -hmm. like it, but this isn't just the weather. Like it is very heavy out there. Like Mm -hmm. I was looking weird and I'm like, it's just, it, it, it's weird, but I can't define weird. Like I can't Mm -hmm. properly articulate to you, you know, how it felt or why I felt the sky was weird, but it was just off. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Well, and it's hard to explain those kind of things to people that don't uh, don't feel energies, whether good or bad, you know, can't can't sense danger, like all of that stuff. It's fair. It's so hard to explain those things to people that have never had that experience. Well, and plus, we don't necessarily have a language for it, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I, that in there's something about that. Cause I've found myself saying a lot, like in the past, like two and a half weeks, that exact sentence or that mm-hmm. phrasing of, mm-hmm. I don't have the language for this. Mm-hmm. I can't articulate this to you. I can't, you know, I wish I spoke German because I'll bet the Germans do, you know, <laughs> <laughs> isn't it like the Inuits too have like 40 some names for snow or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like the word schadenfreude. We don't have a word like that, but we know what it means, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, so I agree. I agree. So what, how would the animals be relevant in this time? Like anybody listening, you guys, me, myself, like if you want a tool, ask the animals. Say, present yourself. Well, I will. And I want to talk about that because um, like when we were talking about, you know, um, taking the spirit animal quiz and whatever. And so my other animal was an owl. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, uh, looking into the owl. I'm like, that is definitely me too. My grounding time. um, And I need a lot of it because um, like for people that, that are, you know, religious in any way, if you've ever heard of intercessory prayer, that is me. Um, I take it upon myself to, to pray for every single person that, that I hear needs something, has something going on, 
whatever. And so part of that is I need a lot of like downtime, alone time, recharging. And same thing with being um, empathic. It's so deep for me on so many levels that I have to recharge. My recharging time is going outside and setting. And I swear to you, every time I go outside and Ellie and I were on the phone the other day when this happened, but every day, um, especially if it's like been a really deep day of, you know, like trying to help people through problems or something, I will have a hummingbird that comes in the carport. It will hover in front of my face until I talk to it for a while and then it goes away. Same thing with uh, toads, frogs, uh, bees, mm-hmm. uh, flies, deer. We have a lot of deer and I swear to you, whenever I talk to the animals, they understand me. Yeah. And there was a there was a giant buck in the yard not too long ago and it was by itself and so I was like oh what a you know handsome boy and you know I'm so happy you came to see me because I love when the deer come and so I'm having this long conversation with this buck and I was like where are your friends at I'm like it's unusual to see one of you by yourself and I kid you not like 15 minutes later it comes back with four other deer. Oh, wow. And it's like, they're just standing there like close to me. And so I'm just like having a conversation with the deer that are in my yard. It's like, and it happens all the time that our pets understand me, Mm -hmm. the, the toads, the birds, literally everything. I will talk to spiders. Like I talk to, every animal insect whatever that that comes in contact so it's essentially a frequency and mm-hmm. and and why wh- where did we get the idea that we can't talk to the animals like mm-hmm. where, why did we get that idea i mean mm-hmm. if if you can yell at a plant and then on an a electroencephalogram it'll it'll show that mm-hmm. it's distressed by you yelling at it right that's a plant you know why, why wouldn't the bees know? Why wouldn't the hummingbirds know? They are attracted to your energy and your frequency mm-hmm. because yeah. they know you know. That I mean, that's what I believe. And it makes more sense than the other that we're mm-hmm. disconnected from nature. We're, we're animals too. Mm-hmm. Where'd we get the idea we aren't a part of nature? You know, it's funny because um, Ellie did this reading on me one time. <laughs> and at the end of it, like it, they she sends tones that go along with this. And it was the weirdest thing. Cause I was like, oh, okay, well we're done talking. So I'll go outside and I'll sit in my usual place, whatever. And played that tone. And the entire roof of the car part was filled with flies. And I mean, it was covered. It, the roof is white. underneath and the whole thing was full of flies and i'm like ellie you have to got to see this and i'm like videoing and i'm like this is so weird like this never ever happens and it's like the listening to these tones changed my frequency which just like sucked all the flies in it was interesting bizarre yeah exactly a great illustration of that 
<laughs> it was very bizarre. I was like, I don't know what's going on, but this is really creepy. <laughs> Interesting that the flies would come. Did anything happen after that? Was it an omen to you in any way? Um, we talked about the flies, but I can't remember like uh, being like the, you know, the fly spirit animal and uh, you a fly ended up totem. getting bad news like shortly <laughs> after. <laughs> yeah. That's what I would assume is that yeah. they were prepping you and not everybody's yes. ready for that either. Some people don't want to know when. Yeah. Know. And it would, and it, I think that was the start of the avalanche of the shit show it, that has been my life this year. Okay. And it, it was like such a weird thing, but it was like that ominous, you know, like rotting decay, like all of these things are going to go to, going to go to shit. And it did. Yeah. Yeah. When I go to shit, we need the, the cleanup crew. Mm -hmm. Flies. Um, they better send more flies. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. It's so, it's so interesting though. Cause like Ellie, when you dream, do you ever dream about animals and what are they? The, so if I dream, there's only ever been one animal that I can remember. Well, there's one dream with a wolf slash a dog. And that was a weird thing. And I don't remember the details anymore. And then there was a couple of dreams with a black cat that Whitney knows about. Um, but the night tears, we're going to go back to that for a mm -hmm. second. Mm -hmm. So when I was younger, I used to have night tears like crazy, apparently. And my parents were always just like, oh, it's just because you had open heart surgery and you didn't understand what happened. And like, okay, that makes sense. I was an infant, like, but I had this dream until I was like, I don't know, almost 13. No animals involved, so kind of off topic. But my papa, my mom's dad had passed when I was three or almost three. And in this dream, I was going, I would go up to the casket and I was definitely afraid of uh, wakes for the longest time and still kind of am. Um, he sat up and said, let's play. And because my mom is one of nine, I have a lot of first cousins. So all of the first cousins were there and they thought it was totally normal and started playing with my papa. But then I would run away screaming and I'd wake up screaming every single time and I could not make myself stay. Couldn't do it. And as I got older, I remained the three-year-old, but my cousins would get a little bit older and they would age. And it was very, very bizarre. And then the dream just stopped. Like I never was able to stay and play. It's not like Janet with the snake where like I conquered that fear. The dream just stopped. And, but it was persistent for probably over a decade and that is the first dream i ever remember a repetitive just, the repetitive for, dream i had i had a issue with the repetitive dream growing up too for years same yeah. thing all the time yeah so i've had them as I'm well terrified yeah. of going to wakes now like it's completely irrational <laughs> well, wait, so maybe it's not the wake it's that you're a, you've been just you know consider the possibility that you're afraid to talk to dead people 
Fair. But you have the ability. <laughs> Fair. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, you know, uh, why we are programmed in this culture to fear yeah. death, to fear anything that's beyond, you know, uh, you know, the norm where, you know, why we all are going to die. And uh, do many people believe that consciousness just ends, but I think many more believe that it doesn't, that it's not possible. So what these other consciousnesses, I mean, sure, a decaying body, nobody wants that. Nobody wants to inhabit that. So it's how it present, how this energy presented though, because you wouldn't know who it was if it weren't for that. So maybe yeah. there is a bit of uh, uh, overcoming of that fear um, still there for you because it's still present in your, in your psyche. It still bothers you, still question it and stuff. Yeah. It's and I mean- very interesting though, that all of us had night terrors. All of us have had a recurring yeah. dream and Mine was weird. It was a it was about a phone book and the pages of a phone book that just kept flipping and flipping and flipping. And I'm like trying to get like I'm in the pages of the phone book trying to get out and the pages are just going by really, really, really quick. Interesting. And, you know, thinking about it now and that happened for years. Thinking about it now, it's like all of the people connections, you know, that I'm connected to so many different people. Mm -hmm. That's what I feel that it, that it symbolizes to me, which makes perfect sense Mm -hmm. because I literally cannot go out of the house without people going. Mm -hmm. I'm almost like a magnet that like draws people in. And my husband's like, uh yeah, I'm gonna stay in the car because I know you're <laughs> gonna take a while. Because uh, people will just randomly stop me and tell me like their life story. And these are people I don't know. And it happens every time I leave the house. I have I too much of a resting bitch face. They kind of stopped <laughs> doing that, but they did for a while. <laughs> <laughs> a phone book is interesting, right? Because phones are communication. Right. What's in a phone book are people. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're the way to communicate with them, but mm-hmm. a book in and of itself can be sitting open or you can close it. So maybe mm-hmm. it's a personal boundary issue as well. Open yeah, the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely have had to set some of those lately. Not going to lie. Yeah. 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 I mean, that, that is what, as an empath or an intuitive or even just an individual, it's, mm-hmm. um, setting you can always set boundaries with a smile though you know well that's where like i like i said i sit outside because that's where i find my rejuvenation and my peace and my solace and whatever and every once in a while and it is so random and so strange uh because i don't live on the water um we will have a beaver show up in our yard whoa and That's My husband thought I was nuts the first time that it showed up. He's like, oh, it's a, what do you call those? Um, Gopher? Like a, he goes, it's a prairie dog. And I'm like, a prairie dog? Where we live, there's no prairie dogs. And so he actually thought I was insane. So we went and bought binoculars <sighs> so he could look and know I was not kidding. And he's like, 
holy shit, it is a beaver. And I'm like, I know. And it is so random and so strange because, I mean, there's water semi-close to us, but he would have a very long hop. Uh, yeah. And through the, to get to our So, house. yeah, that would be considered an animal presenting itself to you because mm -hmm. it's unusual. Mm -hmm. It either comes in an unusual fashion mm -hmm. or three times, they say. And mm -hmm. so if something presents itself three times, you know, uh, and whether, you know, if it just comes and gets your attention, I think is relevant, but mm -hmm. it, that's out of place. I'm, I'm not mm -hmm. sure where you live, but I don't have beavers where I live. So if one came into my yard, you know, <laughs> that's why it was weird. And that's why he thought I was nuts. Wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and so the next time that we went to the store, he's like, I'm going to buy a pair of binoculars and I said please do because that's a beaver <laughs> and he was like holy shit it is a beaver he's like I thought you were crazy and I'm like told you so oh, I'm like yeah. what does a beaver mean what is well, the thing about a beaver well they work very hard you know so when did it present itself um it shows up like oh from time to time mm-hmm Okay. Okay. And we, we don't, like I said, we don't live that close to water, mm -hmm. um, which you would think that would be where a beaver would be. It's their mandate is to, is to damn stuff up. Mm -hmm. You know, if you, uh, I don't know if you saw that TikTok video or what Instagram video, there's a, a, a beaver that was rescued and it's inside the rescue uh, facility and they gave it some toys. And so, <laughs> You know, it's like plastic, a plastic bat and a ball and things for it to throw around and uh, towels and stuff. He started building a little dam in yeah. the right. So it's their mandate to dam stuff up. And that would be awesome because I have said had a shit flow this year. So that would yeah, be great. I wonder, it's interesting because <clears throat> it, it, it shows itself occasionally. So if you mm -hmm. were to have tracked when it shows up what your dreams are, what is going on in your personal life and how uh, embodying the spirit of the beaver m might be helpful because, mm -hmm. um, you know, they also, they're not afraid to do the work themselves, obviously just look at their mm -hmm. teeth, look at their tail, but they will work with a partner. It's not uncommon for them to ha have a group effort of making this dam to, to, to start with raw materials and uh, end with, a, a goal that's going to help everybody. The mm -hmm. dam helps everybody, helps the the bio the biosystem, the ecosystem in the general area. So, you know, they've they've got their job. I mean, also like if when you see a beaver in like a cartoon, he's always got a construction hat on. You know, <laughs> yeah. He's. <laughs> I hope he's not telling me to build anything because I don't have the energy for that lately. Well, maybe it's a, an emotional dam or emotional. Yeah. Uh, building some, you know, things emotionally. And um, if also, you know, if you meditate on that energy of like, okay, put your head down and get the job done. Mm -hmm. So, well, and that makes sense because um, all of my family lives in Indiana. Um, my daughter needed an emergency surgery. My dad had to have surgery my mom had cancer and was going through radiation. So this beaver showed up 
Okay. Right before I went up there and I literally had no help and they all live in three different places. Wow. And so it was a lot, a lot for me. And I was there for three weeks. Yeah. Well, just like the, um, just like the woodpecker, but in a different energy form, they're planning for the future. Mm -hmm. And so, and I would say, you know, I was going to say that that's what women do, but men do too. I, I shouldn't do that. But the three of us are women and with families and, and various mm -hmm. things, the things that we all do to navigate the, uh, the storms that come, uh, we, we navigate them better with better planning. Mm -hmm. So, and, but I do think it might be something even deeper than that. So this is more than an animal re repeatedly coming in a dream. This is a physical animal that has had to traverse a long ways, a long way <laughs> to present itself to you mm -hmm. and enter your your frequency field. So, mm -hmm. also we are all connected, um, and the animals can get healing from us as well. Mm -hmm. Might be attracted to your light um, to come and bring you messages as well as uh, gain strength mm -hmm. from you. So don't don't forget about that potentiality that. Thing. Um, the other thing, too, is sometimes our loved ones present themselves through very strange animal events. So mm -hmm. not sure if there's someone that is on the other side mm -hmm. that might get a real kick out of bringing you a beaver. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, beaver. Yeah. <laughs> they may be coming through to be of support to you in the times that you're going through. You know what's strange about that is twice in my life. I have had items show up randomly that no one knows where they came from. And the first time was when I was a little girl and this bear showed up in our house and it had in like, yeah, wow. it had like bib overalls on and whatever. It was a stuffed animal, but it was a bear Nobody knew where it came from. Nobody bought it. Nobody, we didn't have like kids come over playing or anything like that. Went to bed one night, woke up the next morning and it was there. So the second time was when I was an adult and a Kachina doll showed up on my front porch. Ellie and I have talked about this before. Nobody knows where that came from, but it was a Kachina doll. And at the time, um, I thought that was weird. I'm like, I don't even know what this is. And so looking into that, but it was actually like a, like a protector, mm -hmm. which I was married to my ex-husband at the time who was abusive and awful. Kachina dolls are very powerful medicine. Like that's no joke. Uh-huh. Oh. And it just randomly like was sitting on my front porch. Do you still have it? Mm -mm. I have no idea where it went. Okay. But it came and it did its job and um, mm -hmm. on the energetic level. Mm -hmm. And whoever dropped it may not even know why they dropped it for you. Mm -hmm. It may have been a complete stranger. May have been somebody that is in tune though and says, mm -hmm. this is the place that this needs to come. Mm -hmm. um, the bear is very interesting mm -hmm. as well. 
I mean, they're all interesting. They all have their attributes. It's just when they come and why they come, mm -hmm. how they come. Um, before, so when my um, my mother died first in 99, and when she did, there's a whole story connected to it. But one of the ways she visits is when, with a white bird. And I've had white doves show up at the most interesting times. And I don't mm -hmm. live in a place where there's, there's morning doves, but that's about it. There's, to have a white dove or a white pigeon, um, mm -hmm. just show up all white. Um, and then when my father died, it's a little easier to tell that story. I was staying with my sister. And at the time there was a blue heron nest in the pine tree in uh, her backyard. And blue herons are those huge mm -hmm. gray birds. And so for there to be a nest and watch these herons fly in and out of this pine tree, um, when my father died, then the heron has showed up and I feel it's been inspired. And cause where I live, yeah, there's, you'll see a heron maybe once every five years or something, you know, mm -hmm. uh, but when it shows up, it, it is significant because it does show up from time to time, white birds. Mm -hmm. Well, so right when I started to recognize there was some fuckery afoot before COVID started, you know, all of those um, CEOs and, and heads of companies stepped down. I told my husband, I said, something's coming. I don't know what it is, but it ain't looking good. Uh, right around that time, which would have been about, let's call it November of 2019, right around there, I started seeing white birds everywhere. And mm -hmm you know, like I wrote in my journal and I thought to myself, I go, my mom is coming around for something. And then I saw blue heron. And so, and which was completely out of place. It mm -hmm. was, just, you know, and so, and plus it was together. Right. So I knew something was coming and I felt like the message from my parents, you know, this was delivered from my parents together. If a one or the other is one thing, but for them both within like 24 hours to have both of these incidences happen. Um, uh, that whole thing started happening, but the energy I felt like I got from my parents was that I was going to be okay. And I was, uh, we, mm -hmm. you know, we, we were all okay. Everybody was fine. I, other than the utter stupor I've been in watching this whole thing, but uh, in other words, physically, financially, all that I navigate, I was okay. Um, lost my best friend, but, um, you know, anyway, fine. So, fast forward to just about it's been about uh maybe two weeks now um i had i was driving and uh a white bird comes right to my windshield this is in los angeles right white bird all white just go and flies right by my windshield and i went that wasn't that was a white dove like coming right at me and so mm -hmm. and then uh the very next day i'm standing in my backyard and a blue heron flies right over my head. And I, I point to my husband, I'm like, oh my God, it's a pterodactyl, because it was right over our head. <laughs> and he goes, holy shit, that's a bird. <laughs> Don't <was> poop. That? <laughs> <laughs> he goes, oh, what was that? And I go, it's a blue heron, you know, right over our house. And so that was maybe part of the first thing of like, I, because of that, I kind of tend to feel like something's coming. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm getting a little shout from, you know, and then, um, you know, I told you about the black swans outside, although I know there's black swans. I've seen them here before, but I'm staying in a hotel where there's black swans swimming around under my window. <laughs> you know, and mm -hmm. Black swans, you know, are typically associated with a black swan event because they're so rare. They're so right. 
school and stuff. And right when I pulled up yesterday, a regular morning dove uh, pulled in my car and a regular morning dove, which they're plentiful around here in the desert and landed right on my windshield. Like, why would you land on my windshield? Like, you know, if you're going to land on the car, land on the top. Like, why? It just fluttered down and landed right on my windshield and scrabbled up, you know? And so, like, I just feel like the birds, it's easy for them to... Uh, for them to uh, feel the frequencies and communicate because they can fly to you, unlike a beaver, you know, <laughs> like mm -hmm. that's like, uh, easier. For he the took a long trip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, I just thought that I would share that because, um, you know, I have also heard other mediums say that um, it's easy for the birds because they are, they operate on the regular on a different frequency. Like mm -hmm. a hummingbird is right outside my window right now, just fluttered up while I'm talking easy for hummingbirds. They can feel it. They're, mm -hmm. they're it's like they're closer to God, you know, they have and like, it's, it's like the hummingbird that comes here. It's so weird because you never ever see hummingbirds around here. Mm. It literally only comes if I'm outside and I'm very troubled. It will come and, and sit in front of me. And just we'll have a conversation and then it goes away and you'll never see another one. And we get eagles oh, every okay. once in a while that will come and sit on the fence that's closest to me and just like stare at me. Okay. So it's talking to you and it's telling you have eagle like attributes, have clear seeing, mm -hmm. clear vision, mm -hmm. strength, you know, uh, power and adversity and also mm -hmm. um you know they're gonna they they also take very careful care of their young mm -hmm. um or those that depend on them and also you know if it's a bald eagle you know that's got a whole yeah it is a bald eagle so for our country very symbolic um very obviously all of the symbolism that's put on it um is you know it's a predator as well. Predator. Mm -hmm. So um, is it a great offense is the best defense kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, th those are beautiful birds. I saw one recently as well. Um, and in a place they're not really, not really. Common. Yeah. It's, it's supposed to be like an endangered species, but when we moved out here, um, you will see like bald eagles like flying around like a lot wow. um they're always like over the field that's right next to our house and there will be like a big group of them but every once in a while that one of the bald eagles will come down and just sit on the fence post and just, like stare at me in the carport i'm like <laughs> hey, hey what's up <laughs> yeah really neat <clears throat> Mm. Yeah, incredible. The eagle. I mean, have you looked up the attributes? The eagle mm -hmm. eye. Um, to me, intuitively, I feel like it's uh, uh, very likely uh, bringing strength, bringing you strength. Mm -hmm. Well, I could use some of that right now. Yeah. Not going to lie. <laughs> Especially if it looks you in the eye, which mm -hmm. they do. You know, I, I had some hawks look me right in the eye recently, and I was like, that that there's intelligence there mm -hmm. one flew over and then its partner flew over and they flew low enough over to me that they they didn't just look at me they looked me right in the eye mm -hmm. so um i had that with a blue jay recently mm -hmm. yeah they 
they're looking to see what you're looking at and uh, picking up on your intelligence or. Um, and it's usually some kind of bird with me that does that. And um, like we have a, like a state forest that's not too far from here. And I went one day cause I hadn't been through there for a long time and they had multiple different kinds of owls and the owls were just like almost, I felt like they were staring through my soul yeah. and I was just like standing there having a conversation with them. So very, I mean, they're very symbolic for the occult being nocturnal and wise, you know, the, all the, all the uh, metaphors we use or the mm -hmm. uh, symbolism that they're used for. I'm not even going to talk about any of the dark Malachian stuff, but, uh, but why do they use that very, mysterious creature symbolically or as um, mm -hmm. you know, from the ancient gods, you'd fear the owl or, or if you uh, were a Twin Peaks fan, you know, the owls are not what they seem. Mm -hmm. What are they? Are they omens? Good omens, bad omens? See when in the daytime is supposed to be a bad omen. Um, mm -hmm. But I've had several experiences with the owl myself and mm -hmm. um, find them fascinating creatures. The, mm -hmm. the white, I mean, they, they they have a, hu a human-like face. Their eyes face forward. That, you There's know, so many different ones. And that's why I was like, I was just like mesmerized standing there looking at them because they were all very, very different. They looked very different. Like one of them was horned. One of them was not, and it was white. And what, you know, there, there was like so many different sizes and shapes and whatever. And so. sounds and they can be huge. Uh -huh. We've got a pair, or now it's a family, I think, that live in our neighborhood. And uh, I think I told Ellie this story a while ago. I was sick last year. I'm never sick. I got sick and my husband was out of town. And evidently this, I was, I had a dream, uh, a fever dream, because I'd had a fever. And uh, I dreamed that my entire yard was filled with fairies and these owls were talking. And so in in the 3D, the owls were the a pair of owls were hooting. They were talking to each other, and what I've finally come up with was that they were teaching their offspring to hunt, because and their offspring sound like a crying baby when they're small. And so I came to from this fever dream of fairies in the backyard, but the owls were really hooting, and the offspring or the baby was really crying. So. You know, like in that state of mind with a fever, husband out of town, and there's owls, and I think there's fairies. <laughs> what were the fairies doing? <laughs> you know, it's funny, like my garden, I like take a lot of pride in my garden, and I work on it a lot, and it's a fairly big yard. So, um, and I think about the fairies, you know, like fairy energy. I, you know, with the plant medicine, I've seen fairies and I had a fairy experience with uh, just my regular two eyes once was reading tarot cards at this event for hours and I was exhausted and I looked down and I, there was a figure down there and I blinked my eye and it was eyes and it was still there and it was looking at me and I was like, whoa, I guess maybe reading for so many hours, the cards I had shifted into more of a third eye state of mind. Mm -hmm. and, then, and this was like in Venice, California, you know, like on the other side of the fence, there's like homeless people rolling around and stuff. And, you know, <laughs> like I'm in this coffee house and saw it was like a little wood sprite, you know? So what, 
you know, and I, and I blinked my eyes once. And then when I blinked them again, it, then it was gone. So uh, what, you know, that's a whole other show uh, What the potential of fairies. I feel like I'm more versed with the spirit animals than with any fairy energy, but fairy lore goes way back. I mean, yeah. what do we know from fairies? You know, we've just told that it's a fantasy, you know, whatever all, you know, go to England, Ireland, Scotland, you know, the fairy folk are especially Ireland. They're, you know, that would be an interesting show because even, um, and I know this sounds crazy, but they do the same thing with like uh, Bigfoot and whatever that, you know, it's just, it's baloney or whatever, but there's other civilizations that's that that's part of their culture it exists oh yeah under yeah. a different name and i had this conversation with somebody before like is it possible that uh people actually really do see it that are um very in tune with nature and whatever and other people cannot see it or cannot um, see it in in that form. I have a personal theory, and I'm probably not the only one, that paranormal metaphysical experiences, you might have one in your life. You might have mm -hmm. dozens. I tend to think it's a shift in the dimension. So we're partially mm -hmm. in this one, partially in that one. And it, the reason this theory has developed me personally is not from something I've read. It's things that I've experienced. Mm -hmm. with the the tools meditation plant medicines those those kind of things is if you if you can uh shift into a uh dimension that your pineal gland is more um um receptive receptive thank you thank you mm -hmm. it's more receptive or more open than is this when these things happen so i've had uh, many paranormal metaphysical as well as uh, plant medicines, even uh, with deep med meditation. I've been on several Vipassana meditation retreats and that's, it's uh, 10 days of meditation, 11 hours a day. So with that, your own DMT gets released after about five days and you're, it, you're, you're operating from a subconscious more than your, your conscious mind, uh, uh, shifts back and your subconscious mind shifts forward. So it's almost like a walking dream by about day eight of this. So you're not necessarily 100% sure if you're dreaming or it's reality. And so I think there's a dimensional shift and some, some paranormal stuff can definitely happen with that. Um, you know, the, the monks, the Buddhist monks will tell you the same thing. Yes, yes, of course, of course there's good and evil, of course, but of there's also a dimensional shift you're existing in a different realm, right? Of course, there's mm -hmm. various, of course, there's Bigfoot. It's just when you're deeply implanted in this 3D uh, consensus reality, the one that the 8 billion people are experiencing, um, that doesn't necessarily mean it's the only one, mm -hmm. you know, we sort of choose based on our frequency where to reside. So when, you know, when I saw when I was coming back from a ayahuasca uh, journey, anybody that's done that, uh, you're, it's not like alcohol or even weed. It's like you're deep in the realms and then you're not, you know, like you could drive, you can drive, you know, you can get in your car and drive home essentially because it's not a drug. It's a 
it, it expands your pineal gland, the DMT. So, uh, so, but when I came to eyes open, laying there, I was, I saw sitting over by a candle, this little fairy just sitting there watching me, you know? And I, so of course I'm considering, am I still in the influence? Of course, somewhat, but, uh, you know, then, and I was perfectly fine with it. I was like, well, isn't that interesting? You know, there's also been other times with that protocol that I've been sitting just about six inches outside my body right next to, or I can see the entire room with my physical eyes closed and see what everybody's doing. And so this is, you know, how these sort of energetic tools work. This can happen with meditation as well. It's not uncommon mm -hmm. in deep, deep meditation to have a, uh, to leave your body. Um, mm -hmm. So, so, and what you see there is the, you know, for lack of a better uh, phrase is the shamanic realms. And so um, Bigfoot's a shaman, <laughs> you know, he's just a, he's, and so sometimes we see him, sometimes we don't. I mean, you know, if we you listen to any of, uh, there's dozens of podcasts where people will call in with their paranormal experience and mm -hmm. were, were they trying to tap into these shamanic realms or other dimensions or frequencies? Maybe not, but maybe they were just in the perfectly uh, that right space at the right time when, or mm -hmm. depending on how they feel about it, wrong space at the wrong time, because of, we're so programmed in this culture to think that it's scary as opposed to just part of what God's infinite universe is. Uh, so you know, conspiratorial speaking, I think that that's intentional by our overseeing, you know, puppet masters, but mm -hmm. <laughs> that's a whole other show. Well, and I think a lot of this um, is probably re really over people's heads. And they, like I said, if they haven't had this experience, they don't, they don't understand. Now, I have never done any kind of ayahuasca ceremony, DMT, nothing like that. But I will tell you, there are times where I can, like, the energy is so dark, like what Ellie was describing, um, and there's no words for it. Now, me, I have had an instance before where I could actually feel demonic entities literally all around me. Mm -hmm. And I, I called a friend and I'm like, you need to help me because I am under attack. And I'm like, I cannot get all of these away from me by myself. I need help. You know, and there's times where um, like I will feel under attack, like you talked about earlier, Whitney, where it's like uh, you have to invoke the name of Jesus for these things to go away and to leave you alone. I have that happen a lot. And it's, I know it sounds really weird to a lot of people, but I can feel when there's certain people that are in my circle, uh, where like they are under demonic attack mm -hmm. or, attack from Satan or whatever, I can actually feel the energy from it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I automatically have to like stop what I'm doing and pray for them. Good. That, that, that leaves. Mm -hmm. 
So That's powerful. When you had the one, the the first one that you described, what? How did you? What? Did, how did you free yourself from that? Well, usually, um, because that'll happen a lot of times. Like I, I get so much dark energy that comes from people. Um, that I'll have to like recenter and ground and, and whatever. And usually I'm very good at getting that to, to go away. Okay. However, this particular time I was like, you know, surround me with the white light of Jesus, you know, be my protector, my savior, save me from, you know, uh, put a wall of protection around me, around my household, around my family, my friends, whatever. Nothing is working. And I'm, that's when I called a friend and I'm like, I know you're like empathic too. And I know you pray and I need your help. Mm -hmm. And so it took two of us mm -hmm. before that left, but you could literally see like, you know, claws, like fangs, ugly faces, like half melty, whatever horns, like it was awful and i was like freaking out were i've you, never had that to that extent ever in my life barely depleted of energy afterward yeah yeah so that's what they were doing mm -hmm. uh that's why they come so horrific looking mm -hmm. so that they can inspire your energetic field with which mm -hmm. to siphon your yeah. energy from so uh well and then you know when two or more are gathered in my name it's very powerful you know, mm -hmm. so the prayer of, of your friend, the sincere prayer. Um, mm -hmm. And I do think that part of where people go a little bit astray um, when they do various things, if they feel there's a darkness around them, you know, like I'm going to sage the house or I'm going to, you know, uh, uh, try and get rid of this thing myself. And then they become uh, discouraged because they can't. It's because mm -hmm. their intention is in a place of fear that they are not strong enough. So right. the most important thing is to understand that you are stronger. You mm -hmm. do have the power in those situations. They're here to siphon your energy through adrenaline. So, right. you know, if, uh, and it takes practice, it for sure takes practice to get mm -hmm. to a place that you are solid in your faith in Christ mm -hmm. and nothing will shake that. And you are stronger than any other possible um, energy that could, that could, um, try and uh, siphon from you, mm -hmm. that's where it lies. So sure, Palo Santo, Sage, you could, Agua Florida, whatever it is that you feel personally empowered by, a shaman might have a medicine bag or put on a mask, or this is where these traditions come from. It's whatever mm -hmm. empowers the shaman. And so, you know, I've, for me personally, I've done various things. I've had altars, I've had, you know, various amulets, and various things. And, and I don't do that so much anymore um, because it's in my heart. You know, right. that in my heart, not taking anything away from those that ha have all of those things, because that's their medicine bag. That's mm -hmm. their shaman's mask. Right. And so in like you said, in your case, you did all the things that you had known to do. And then you called in a friend for help and that seemed to do it. And because the group power was more powerful than these little weak things that come and try mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, steal the gas out of your tank. That's yeah. And that was, that was several years ago. I am much stronger now. Yeah. And they know it. Yeah. <laughs> e emotionally, mentally, spiritually, like way, way past where I was at that time. And I don't know if that's 
you know, like they saw that open door, they saw that little bit of weakness in me at that time. Guarantee I don't have that anymore. Not after that incident. Part of the the difference is you are intuitive enough and uh, and you were uh, intuitive enough, intuitive enough to recognize what it was. A lot of people don't can't Mm -hmm. recognize what it is. They just think it's, they're just victim and that, that's also part of the attack is mm-hmm. it's like a pall is put over you. you. You don't even know you're being haunted or attacked. You just, right. you're just in this despair and gloom and, and leads to addictions and, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So depression, anxiety, exactly, exactly. Which is yep. why, you know, I, I've always thought since I was a young girl, although I've only been on the planet for half a century, but when I was a young girl, I was always like the church doesn't seem to be doing what the church is supposed to be doing. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's controlling people. And it's a, it's a, just another institution of control where what, what they sort of uh, absconded was from groups of people that are trying to stay in the light together, but Mm -hmm. then the dark infiltrates. And so, and I, I do think with all of the protocol, I think the dark can always infiltrate even in Mm -hmm. the medicine circle world where so much light was being brought. Now there's like a darkness that's kind of raising its ugly head, which is part of why I've withdrawn from that. So, and I can't necessarily recommend it anymore. Like I used Mm -hmm. to be, unless you're with a well-trusted generational um, indigenous uh, family of shamans that that's all they do. And that's been their work for centuries, different story. Um, Mm -hmm. And so of course, everything has a pendulum will swing back and forth and it'll find its, its uh, center point. But you, I would say, you for sure know what your protocols are. And mm-hmm. so in w- talking about spirit animals, next time, if there is a next time, or even in moments of weakness, maybe it is time to do some meditation, call in an animal. Mm-hmm. And, if, if, and if you, even if it hasn't presented itself, if you feel drawn to a certain animal, you know, pray to it, call it in for its strength. And they're your team. It's funny that, um, like you were talking about the wolf revealing itself to you earlier during one of your journeys, because since they have, you know, like the Navajo people have their like spirit animals and spirit totems, and then they have, you know, like the, the Chinese have theirs and the, and the Celtic people have theirs as well. And my Celtic spirit animal is a wolf. And I would say I am definitely more that now Mm. than I ever was before, Mm -hmm. you know, and that uh, like, (laughs) I almost think it's funny, but not really, but I almost have that personality. If you screw with my family Mm -hmm. or someone inside of my circle, I will literally tear you apart like a wolf. (laughs) Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Very intelligent, very group-minded, mm-hmm. very, very interesting creatures. The ones in the three D, the way mm-hmm. they care for their, um, the, the the way they are as a pack. Mm-hmm. That's why I was going to say it's it's my pack, and you should never mess with my pack, like ever. Well, isn't it funny that we live in a culture now that the you know the the ruling class is trying to divide the packs, divide mm-hmm. the family because right powerful. Very powerful. Right. So um, very hard to control. Very hard to control a wolf pack. Mm-hmm. 
Interesting. So very interesting. So, Ellie, do you talk to animals as well? Yeah. I mean, not just my pets, but... Um, and you talk to your plants, don't you? Talk to my plants. I talk to the bees. Our backyard always has all these birds in it. Lately, I've been noticing um, they've only been coming with their mates. And yes, I recognize it's late spring, early summer, and so they probably should be with their mates. But we've lived in this house now for three years. And there's always been like birds and stuff in the backyard. But this is the first year that I've noticed they've always been coming with their mates. So there's mm -hmm. been cardinals and robins and um, like morning doves and uh, just and crows and not crows, um, blackbirds and just but always with their mates. And um, that has just stuck out to me. It's not necessarily a specific bird in our house, but just the partnership. Mm hmm. The monogamy. Yep. That is a very good um, thing, sign for you, is the partnership. Mm -hmm. Given the things that are yep. going on currently or have yep. been going on, the importance of the partnership. And you have a strong partner. Mm -hmm. So yep. you, also, Ellie, you started to say something a minute ago, and I think I cut you off. What did you... I I'm sorry. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> You're related to me. I have CMS. <laughs> so if I write it down, I remember, but I didn't write that one down. Okay. Mm. Oh, no, I do remember. I do remember. Way. So Janet was talking about these uh, feeling this negativity or demons or whatever, spirits, whatever you want to term you want to use. Um, and I had an incident probably a week ago now. And I don't do Reiki's in person very often, but I had someone reach out. And I had went in, rented a room at a place I used to regularly rent a room. And I hadn't been in there in eight months. Hadn't been in the building, hadn't been there at all. And I walked in and I could tell that something was off but because I was trying to stay in tune for the Reiki I kind of blocked it out um but it was very nagging and it was like it wanted attention like it, it was poking at you uh-huh and it mm -hmm. actually messed with my Reiki I couldn't go as deep as I wanted but also I also knew it wasn't my job to clear the space um and I have some theories as to who, what all of that was. But what I found interesting is the woman who had let me in, um, she typically like just does massage. So she doesn't consider herself in her words as intuitive. Mm -hmm. And so I finished my Reiki. My client had left. It's just her and I in the building. And she was kind of telling me about some of the weird things going on. And we're up at the front, and at this point, we had turned off all the lights. So the only light coming in is from these large front windows and the glass doors. And it was it was still daytime, so you could see inside. And there was this noise, um, and it freaked her out. And it was almost like it was almost like a kid giggling. And she's like, 
was that a door closing? And I laughed. I was like, yeah, no, that's there. It, it's trying to mess with you and me. I said, but it doesn't bother me. I was like, but that's just what they're trying to do. She's like, I'm not going to come here alone. And like freaked her out. Oh. And I was like, it's trying to, I was like, it's not going to hurt you. It's just, it's trying to mess with you because you can't sense it as much as I can. It wanted to see what I would do. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason that that sticks out to me, especially based on your comment earlier of, I really don't like seeing dead people. Mm-hmm. Any other time that something like that has happened, I have wigged out, got the creepy crawlies, got, you know, whatever, this is bad, this is creepy, I need to run, whatever. And I literally laughed, like laughed out loud. And I was like, almost like, oh, that's really cute that you're trying to scare me, but it's not going to work. Laugh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't <laughs> almost know. like it was an immature energy. Kind of, it felt very childlike, but it also mm-hmm. I could sense that it was um, masking itself as some as a childlike energy and it was actually very dark. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I see you. I'm not going to mm-hmm. mess with you, though. Like, y'all have mm-hmm. fun. This is not yeah, my circus, try. not my monkeys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the attitude to have. Nice try. Nice try. Mm-hmm. Move along. Yeah, you can't you can't come home with me. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and I, it's so, like, awful when that happens because, you know, like, even being, I don't know, in a restaurant or, you know, a group somewhere or something, and I'll get that sense that there's, like, literally something behind me and, like, the hair on the back of my neck will stand up and, like, my spidey senses are tingling and I'm like, uh, yeah, honey, it's time to move along we gotta go somewhere else yep mm-hmm. it's you know I, I i don't think it can be really understated if you feel like something is sort of connecting and you're feeling a little you know obviously a lot of people will sage themselves down and that is mm-hmm. one of the shamanic elements is smoke but mm-hmm. um there's also water water mm-hmm. there's also uh earth so mm-hmm. one of a very powerful tool is to go outside barefoot on the grass in the dirt and mm-hmm. literally send it back and back to the earth yep. mm-hmm. um, with your intention. Um, and if you do more, great, you know, selenite wand or, you know, um, Palo Santo or whatever it is, it's about your intention saying that there's not space for you, but allowing mm-hmm. the earth spirits to help too. Mm-hmm. So, and that also would be another a very useful tool for one of the animals. It's just when you've got your team of spirit animals that you've called in that you know are working for you, you're a a much less easy target Mm -hmm. for that kind of thing. I think that's why, like, I feel so comfortable where we're at now because I'm surrounded by all of that. Mm -hmm. And I do... (laughs) I do carry out a lot of conversations with literally everything that is around here. You will so, have a conversation with the animals while you're on the phone with me, Janet. <laughs> yeah. Like the hummingbird the other day. And I'm like, oh, well, hold on. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, I feel like there's such a wall of protection around our property now because of all the animals. I, yeah. I don't know, maybe that sounds weird to a lot of people, but I think I feel. Mm-hmm. better i feel safer now yeah yeah 
And, you know, when we're going through um, emotionally hard times, our, our energy field is easier to Mm -hmm. penetrate because there's sadness or anger or concern or worry or lack of sleep, or we don't necessarily have our, um, our fences um, secure. So Mm -hmm. it very well could be that the Eagle is there to help keep your Mm -hmm. energy field protected, that kind of thing. Um, Yeah, because, um, and Ellie knows this, but like, when I was driving to Indiana, because there were so many things like piling on at once and like everybody's sick and, you know, everybody needs me and, and all this stuff. And at the time there were some other things going on in my house. Um, and so I'm like driving and I'm so like filled to the top with emotions. And usually I'm not an emotional person but it was like so much that I just was like, okay, God, I cannot handle one more thing. I'm like, I need you to release me from this. And I had the most cleansing cry. Mm. And I was like, whoo, like I feel so yeah. much better. Yeah. And it happened at such a perfect time because the very next thing that happened was a phone call from my mom telling me that things were worse than what we were originally told. Oh, and I'm like, if I wouldn't have gotten yes. rid of all that at that time, mm-hmm. yeah, I would have not been able to handle that one more drop. Well, nature is very perfect. <clears throat> why do we cry? I mean, mm-hmm. nobody Cleansing. really talks about why, why we cry. We know we cry, but unless you're really in tune and understand the statement that you just made, you had a cleansing mm-hmm. cry. We have to mm-hmm. physically cleanse that psychic energy out of our bodies, out of our mm-hmm. physical space. I left- talk about crying a lot because like I, we can be sitting here like watching the dumbest show or whatever. And all of a sudden I will just start bawling. And he's like, knows now. Cause yeah. he's very much like in tune with me and he'll be like, getting rid of some stuff and I'm like, yep. And then the next minute, like, I'm fine. Like I don't, it's not, nothing's making me sad or anything like that. Like it'll just come on mm-hmm. and I'll be like, Oh yeah. Feel better let, it now. let it go. Healing. Have you ever laughed and cried at the same time? Yes, but that's more dangerous. Cause then I pee my pants. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the joys of old age. Yeah, no, like I sometimes it's kind of like, you know, like I liken it to those days where you're outside and it's like super bright and sunny and there's no clouds in the sky. And then all of a sudden it starts raining. Mm-hmm. So, the yeah. That, yeah. And so that's sometimes that happens to me and, I, and he'll be like, are you OK? And I'm like, yep. And so I do. I'll laugh and and cry at the same time. But usually I just cry just like for nothing like random driving in the car or something. And I'll start crying. And if I'm by myself, like people will be looking at me at a stoplight and I'm like, I'm okay. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, the cosmic joke, right? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Tune into that energy. You can't help but laugh and cry at the same time. Exactly. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So how about you, Ollie? Do you ever do that? Cry for no reason? So not cry for no reason, but there will be times that like I'll start crying. It'll be kind of something minor. And then I think about something bigger and I go into like this weird sobbing fit. But then also I start laughing and then both my husband and my stepdaughter just look at me and they're like, um, and then it's worse if I start off laughing and then I go to crying because then I switch back and forth and neither one of them know what's going on. And so there's this little joke that I'm having a meltdown. <laughs> this little dude is meltdown. It's a little snowman. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so I'll do this and I'll be like sitting on the floor, just like bawling and laughing and no, and Michael will be like, what's wrong? And I can't articulate anything. And uh, my stepdaughter goes and gets a little snowman and throws it at me. And then oh typically God. I'm also then angry. So then I throw it back at her and I'm like, I don't want that. And yeah. And then you're healed for the And day. then I'm better. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we do that, though. I like the releases. It's a good thing. It it's is. a very good thing. Well, ladies, I love you both so, so, so much. I could literally talk to both of you for for a week straight and oh not God. ever get bored. Yeah. So we have to do this more often on a more regular basis. I would like that very much. Um, and, you know, we can we can cover all kinds of topics that uh, either people are scared to talk about or they don't know anything about. So anyways, Miss Whitney, where can people find you at? Um, I have a website. It's WhitneyFoxMedium.com. And then um, I have an Instagram and it's uh, at TricksterFox7. And then I also have a Twitter, but I just do some shit posting there. So <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. And if uh, someone wanted to email me, if they're not doing those, I, I love when I get emails from people because we start conversations and I think it's just the, it's just the grooviest. So mm -hmm. it's uh, WhitneyFox44 at Gmail. Nice. And Miss Ellie, people should know you by now, but if they I don't, should. shame on them. Where can they find you? Uh, so on Instagram, I am one thumb l o n e thumb e l i am also the host of the speed bumps podcast you can find me on instagram at speed.bumps.podcast and my latest little venture um along with my podcast is fin approved friday and i make videos about how i either do things with my fin or things that are fin approved whether it's a mailbox a car door a cup whatever and if you don't know what that means, that really means you should go watch my videos. <laughs> That's exactly right. And you could learn a thing or two, even in your everyday life, even if that is not a thing for you. It is. Those videos could help you find new ways to do things. So both of these ladies, go follow them, uh, make contact with them. They're amazing human beings. I love them both very, 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 very much. And ladies, thanks again for joining me. Yeah, and Janet. Thank we you. We will see you guys next time. Have a good one.